The following podcast is provided by Care Partners Living and Answers for Elders Radio. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And I am here back again with Kelly Smith from Care Partners Living. And um, Kelly, I'm so thrilled to have you be a part of our program. And not only that, but to sponsor the show today because you guys are so amazing and wonderful in what you do. And you know, I I know for me, I'm getting calls a lot of, you know, I'm concerned about my loved one, but I don't know specifically what to do during this time of pandemic. And I think one of the things that I emphasize is there's probably no safer time in the world to, to move someone into assisted living than it is right now, because things are so... Um, meticulously done, even more so, like hyper, not that it's all, not always being done that way, but <clears throat> these are protocols that you've always had in place, but they're just ramped up even higher right now. So I'd like to talk a little bit to, with you today of, you know, how does a family know when the time is right for someone to move into an assisted living type situation? When would somebody feel it was right? I think there's, you you know your loved one. But for me, when I get asked that question, a lot of times it's, first of all, is mom isolating? And not just because of COVID. Is mom isolating Mm -hmm. because she's scared that her friends are going to find out she's slipping? Mm -hmm. That she's not not keeping up with conversations? Is she also not not, uh, socializing even on Zoom meetings and things like that, because she can't keep up with normal conversations anymore. Um, has her mm-hmm. hygiene slipped? Um, have Have you noticed after spending some time with her during this time of the year that things aren't right? And it's not, you know, nobody wants to take mom away from her home. Come on. We don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. But is there something, something going on where she needs more supportive care? Um, and it's not right. necessarily always mental health things. Is, is, is there a gate change to the point that you're 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 just waiting? You just know, dang it, right? She's gonna fall. If she got a twenty five hundred square foot house, but you and your siblings are noticing that they're only using five hundred square feet of that house because they're they can't really use the rest of it. Um, have you noticed that their health is really declining because they just can't keep up anymore? What's going on? Has that house become a burden yeah. instead of a jewel? What are some things that are right. going on? And, and again, is your health failing because you're trying to take care of your own family and mom and dad? Sometimes our obligations to take care of the people we love, we think, is meaning we have to do the work. And what right. it really is is that we have to make sure they're well cared for so that we can go back to being their family. Right. Um, not, always, not always an easy conversation, but... But there's signs, and and you know better than anyone whether that's normal. Is that a normal thing for my mom to be doing, or hmm, maybe not? Well, and I always say if I would have known then what I know now, I would have done things so much different with my own mother when I was a caregiver. And one of the things that I learned as as I got to know more is it was harder for her to adjust to, to assisted living because we waited so long. And a lot of her faculties were already gone. She didn't wasn't able to adjust as easily as she probably would have if she would have had more of her faculties about her. Um, and again, I waited way too long <clears throat> because I was trying to honor what she said, but really what was the underlying 
thing of what she was saying. She was afraid of the unknown. She was afraid, you know, there was fear because the only thing that she actually quote unquote knew was the fact that she was, she knew that she was, um, you know, failing, but she didn't, the only thing was familiar to her was her home. So she hung on. And I think that's a really common thing with our seniors is they think that because they don't know what's in the future and they don't know that life could be so much better, they tend to hang on to what's familiar because it's out of fear. And I think one of the things that we as family members could do is help to alleviate that with talking about how life would improve for them and really to know that they're going to have their their same furniture there. They're going to be able to have food that they love. They're not going to have the work of and the upkeep of a home and the things that, you know, may be, you know, a hindrance to them in their quality of life. And those are some things I think that's uh, important. I think the other big factor, so many seniors are afraid they have to give up their beloved pet. They do not. Um, they can bring their pets with them. And so there's so many things I think that we oftentimes don't realize are what are those underlying fears? Don't you think that's true, Kelly? Well, it is because let's be honest. Why do we not do half of the things <laughs> we know we probably should do? It's fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've heard so many times from families. Well, my dad knows he should. Move. I, I talked to a family this weekend that the first time we talked to him was a year ago. And yeah, dad wants to come to our community. But the reason he didn't come last year was because he was scared to death. He knew He's going to move into our community, and we're going to pretty much hog time, and we're going to tell him what to yeah. do all the time. Mm-hmm. And because, again, you got to remember, too, the generation we're dealing with, they're 20, 20, 30 years older than us, and they're also thinking about what their grandparents and parents moved into, and they were nursing homes. They didn't have yeah. what we've got today. So, no. of course, their fear, is, their fear is, is, is based on their own experiences. So mm-hmm. I don't blame them for being nervous about it. Right. And, and so you got to right. take that into, into account. Uh, all they remember are those hallways lined with wheelchairs and people pretty much waiting to die. So they don't know that today's version of assisted living so is actually kind of cool. They're, they're, they're trained chefs with awesome food and very, very happy, happy people. And you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, caregivers who actually fall in love with the residents, uh, exactly. nurses who, who come in on their days off because I can't mm-hmm. stop thinking about you and I'm worried about you. Um, activities directors who, who are constantly looking things up online to find ways to beat the system. So, Kelly, I know what you're saying about this whole thing of, you know, they develop this relationship with the, with the providers. And I think one of the beautiful things about having a community and being involved in a community, you know, sooner rather than later is the fact that when they have more of their mental faculties, they have the ability to develop relationships with the staff much better. And I think that's one of the, th- the key issues in making it a successful transition is getting to know the staff. And, I, of course, certainly, wouldn't you say that that's true? I do. I agree 100%. And certainly I know that for, you know, like for my mom, when my mom was, was when I was taking care of my own mom, you know, 
as her dementia progressed, it's interesting. Her story is kind of unique. I think I've told this story to you before. As she started to lose her faculties, both of her parents were from Sweden, and they spoke nothing but Sweden Swedish in the home, and she didn't really speak much English until she went to elementary school. What was interesting is as her dementia progressed, she didn't speak Swedish throughout her adult life, right? She spoke English because we lived here. But as her mind started to slip away, guess what came back in her, into her dialect? She started what? to speak Swedish. Yes. What? Isn't that amazing? That's and awesome. I love, I know, and I love because here's my mother. She has these wonderful care providers, and she was in um, a nursing home at this point, um, but they were all, she was speaking Swedish to them, <laughs> and they were learning Swedish back, and so I have this wonderful um, caregiver that I remember would come and take care of her, and, and his name was Denny, and he was Filipino, and he would say to her, you know, she'd say, oh, talks good to Denny, which was, was thank you so much, <laughs> and he learned to say it, and he was just giggled, and they were tickled to be able to speak some Swedish with her. And I taught, and luckily, I know enough Swedish that I could, I could, you know, get the gist of what she was saying, right? But, but, mom, it's interesting how the mind works, and certainly, had she not had that time earlier to be able to develop that relationship and develop those connections. It was much easier then to have a higher quality of life because she had that. Had we waited until she, you know, couldn't speak English anymore, it would have been much more difficult. Right. Well, and I learned a long time ago that that with dementia residents, language is only a barrier to the person trying to take care of them should they choose to, for it to be a barrier. We've never mm-hmm, allowed it mm-hmm. in our buildings to be a barrier anyway because we know that's one of the first things that goes with dementia anyhow. So I, right. I, I, I don't, we don't laugh in, in a way of laughing at our residents. I want to make sure that's no. very clear. But you have to laugh when you see those moments when you go, God, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. We had a resident yeah. that no one would take. No one would take her. She went back to her native, her native tongue, very much like your mom, but it was a tongue that nobody spoke. It was a very, oh. I think it was a Bulgarian. It was something you, nobody speaks anymore. Oh, and yeah. And she's up there at Northwest. No one will take her. Our, our very dear friend who was a social worker up there, um, we love our social workers, but again, biggest heart in the world calls us and says, Kelly, nobody will take her. Nobody, first, she's also uh, has, uh, uh, no money, and, and nobody will take her, uh, the language barrier. So, of course, our nurse goes up there, and lo and behold, knows what to do with dementia. You've got to find other ways to communicate. And music. We found that music is what worked with this lovely, lovely woman. Mm-hmm. And we took her, and she stayed with us until she passed away. But the joy, uh, what I found whenever I got to go into our community there at Mill Creek, was watching those caregivers and the love on their face when they got this lovely woman by the hand. Yes. And, yes. and, and got the music going and sang to her and, and the look on her face. There was a connection there, even though there was no language. So yes. you figure it out, don't you? Whenever there's love, there's a connection. So you got to find so, it, right? 
Let's, in our next segment, talk a little bit about assisted living. What is What can somebody experience when they go and live in a vineyard park community? Um, what are the different types of programs? And so, Kelly, how do we reach you before then? If somebody's interested in Care Partners, what is your website? CarePartnersLiving.com. Nice and easy. And Kelly, we will be right back right after this. The preceding podcast was provided by Care Partners Living and Answers for Elders Radio. To contact Care Partners Living, go to carepartnersliving.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.